Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. State Attorney General Rob Bonta is suing Chino Valley Unified School District in San Bernardino County over their policy of mandatory outing of trans students to family members. The policy requires teachers and staff to notify parents within three days if a student asks to use a different name or pronoun. Bonta says the district's actions are dangerous and hateful. This policy has managed to violate multiple constitutional rights of our students, multiple statutory rights of our students, their right to privacy, their right to equal protection, their right to be free from discrimination. Bonta is also seeking a temporary restraining order to suspend the policy while the lawsuit proceeds. A school district spokesperson said its attorneys are reviewing the lawsuit. This new political campaign to roll back several protections for transgender youth is happening across California. However, transgender advocates say they're dangerous. KQED health correspondent Leslie McClurg has more. A group called Protect Kids California is launching three new initiatives. The first would require schools to notify parents if a child wants a teacher to call them a different pronoun. The second would require sports teams and facilities to segregate by biological sex. And the third would stop doctors from providing gender-affirming care, like puberty blockers. The group says the moves are aimed at returning to traditional social norms. State Senator Scott Weiner of San Francisco disagrees. These extremists want the state of California to override the parents, override the doctors, override the kid whose life is at issue and say, you're just not allowed to get that health care. This is an absolute overreach, and it is very dangerous. Protect Kids California must gather 550,000 signatures for each ballot initiative to be on the 2024 ballot. For The California Report, I'm Leslie McClurg. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of The California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Hundreds of house cleaners, nannies, and home care aides are expected to descend on Sacramento today, calling on the governor and lawmakers to pass a bill that would give domestic workers the right to health and safety protections other workers enjoy. KQED's labor correspondent Farida Javala Romero reports. SB 686 would end the historic exclusion of domestic workers from health and safety protections. But the bill's future is in doubt, even after a four-year fight to get it onto the governor's desk and then to get the governor to sign it. Kimberly Alvarenga is with the California Domestic Workers Coalition. We're on the edge. We're incredibly on the edge, you know, this year as well. We are really calling on Governor Newsom to take a stand and defend workers. State regulators issued voluntary guidelines this year, but the governor has rejected previous proposals to require protections. In one veto statement, Newsom wrote that the requirements would be too onerous for Californians who hire people to clean their homes or care for their relatives there. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. The recent death of an orca held in captivity in Florida for more than five decades has invigorated calls to release other marine mammals, including Corky, an orca at San Diego SeaWorld. At the same time, some California lawmakers are pushing federal regulators to demand better care for marine mammals in captivity. KRCB's Greta Mart has the story, one personal to her. That Florida orca, whose stage name was Lolita, was also known as Toki. She was captured in Penn Cove on Whidbey Island in Washington State when she was about three years old. I grew up hearing her story from my dad, who was then a news cameraman for Seattle station King TV. My dad filmed another whale capture a year after Toki was taken. It aired on the evening news and he said shocked audiences around the region. Here's King TV reporter Don McGaffin in 1971. What little work is done is actually physiological, aimed at keeping the killer whale alive in a tank, which keeps the exhibitor alive at the box office. What isn't known is far more important than what is known. Half a century later, scientists do know a lot more about these creatures, how they communicate, and how far and deep they range. But a group of U.S. lawmakers says care standards for marine mammals in captivity haven't been meaningfully updated since the 1980s despite plenty of calls for change, especially after the 2013 documentary Blackfish. Earlier this month, the congressional group wrote a letter to federal regulators demanding updates. Congressman Jared Huffman, who represents California's North Coast, co-authored the letter. Most people understand that these standards are almost willfully obsolete. They have allowed for decades these highly intelligent, highly social migratory animals to be confined in very cruel and inadequate conditions. He says that new standards could mean the end of marine mammals in captivity. And that's probably why there's been so much foot dragging by USDA all these years. They don't want to issue a regulation that's going to have such a sweeping effect on this industry. 
the U.S. Department of Agriculture didn't return our request for comment. Meanwhile, before her death in mid-August, plans were far underway to release Toki back into the Pacific Ocean. More than 100 people gathered for her vigil. Because her spirit is still with us, and it's with her family, finally swimming free with them. Oh, if I could talk to Toki, I would say, uh, I am so sorry that we didn't get you home. Susan Berta and Howard Garrett of the Orca Network spent three decades campaigning to bring Toki home. Their nonprofit is working to end captivity for all marine mammals. Garrett says advocates around the country are now focusing on getting Corky, the captive orca at SeaWorld San Diego, back to the wild. There is a, a location and there is funding and a project now to return Corky to her home waters in British Columbia. Work he says he'll do in Toki's name. For the California Report, I'm Greta Mard. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, August 29th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Mavi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and adult and children's health systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.